Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello! hello. Wow, I'm loud. How'd I get so loud all of a sudden? You've wow. always been loud. <clears throat> and someone mess with something? Maybe the headphones are nope. even more pumped. No. You're just loud. Everything, everything's where it's supposed to be. Hi. Welcome to Season 24, Episode 5 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Jason. I'm Gina. Is your mic muted? Nope. Really? Oh, so on is the opposite of off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a lot of options and I got confused. <laughs> Jason teaches computers. Yeah. What's on a computer? It's Software, a little hardware. Right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. I'm not an engineer. Come on. By the way, if you're listening to this and live in Southern California, the 50-something 7th? 57th? No. 58th annual? Yeah. 53rd. 50. No, it's more than that. No, yeah. Well, Tappy was in the the band at the 50th, and he's been gone seven years. So that would be the 57th or so, so, maybe? I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, uh, Renaissance Pleasure Fair starts tomorrow, Saturday, uh, April 6th. At the Irwindale Dam Recreation Area in beautiful downtown Irwindale. The Dam Recreation Area. The Dam Recreation Area. Yep. It's the Dam Fair. Yep. Um, And we'll be there. uh, We have shows at uh, one, two, other times. Something. All sorts of We have four shows. This is the best plug you've ever done, Sue. Yeah. The schedule's up. I haven't memorized it yet because it sometimes changes week to week. Yes. Uh, We're doing four shows at the Reef. Uh, I think the first one starts at. One, I believe our first show is at one. Might be noon, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's I one. think you know how to plug to our people because they mm-hmm. want to know things. So if you just vaguely mm-hmm. like can't fill in the blanks, yeah. they will go search it of it, mm-hmm. and then they will know. So if you're going to the fair, go to the yes. fair, mm-hmm. go to Rogues Reef, yeah. look on the map. The map map has changed because they've <laughs> changed layouts <laughs> from last year. So. Oh, they have. Yeah. It's now it's, it's a one giant continuous serpentine all the way in. So everyone who's going there has oh. will walk by every booth. And every stage, <clears throat> so because they at one point they'd changed it and you could, there was a split and you could go two different directions yeah. and that really kind of cut down on our traffic. Yeah. So and and a lot of booths traffic too. So that's all been changed. So it's now one continuous serpentine that all the way to sense. the back. And yeah. I've been told it's not clo- it's not closed just to rogues, right? Like wizards, sorcerers, rangers. Correct. Everyone mm-hmm. yeah. can go. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All of that's them. That's all nice of that they open the reef for the rest of us. All yeah. of the classes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and those with no class. And that w- <laughs> yes, mostly that. mostly those, which is mostly where they Good are point. at our place. Um, and we'll, we should be finished building by the time we open. Hopefully. Good. <laughs> and that's only because Stu's getting there at like six a.m. tomorrow. I'm getting there very early tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, and uh, you can go to Renfair F A I R no E dot com slash SoCal, and you can find out all the information about the fair mm-hmm. and enjoy it there. Um, Let's see, isn't it? Oh, in this episode, Eric from New Jersey asks, can the GM be too much of a fan of the players? James writes in about 1D4Con, which is coming up May 3rd. And Joe wants to know what a hippie game is. (laughs) But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We are on the social media. We have a forum. HappyJacksForum.com We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and MeWe and I've posted (laughs) two weeks in a row and I actually posted a big long review of the new Call of Cthulhu stuff You mean like one post a week and you've done two of them? 
Mm, <laughs> last week, I believe I posted three times. Oh, I see. And this week, I posted <laughs> once. That's so adorable. And I responded to some stuff too. <laughs> That's nice. And Happy Jacks RPG, all one word, all of those social media words. <laughs> if you'd like to watch the show live, go to happyjacks.org/live, seven p.m. Pacific time-ish <laughs> on Fridays. <laughs> And you can watch the show. And join us in the chat room. Hi, chat room. It's nice to see you. We don't see them. No, I see names. I see some names. We can see through the camera. I see Bobcat. I see Ignatius Wang. We know what you're doing. Love that name. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Or is that Wong? Oh, it is. Okay. (laughs) And Erica Odd is over there. We also, we got an amazing care package. Mm. Um, So we've got an assortment of amazing candies. From New Zealand. From New Zealand. So thank you so much, um, Kareku, Kareku. I don't know how you pronounce your your name, but yeah, that's your name on the forums. And he, we're super active on the forum, and I chat with you all the time. And I never actually thought about how to pronounce your handle. We've tried. K i r a k u. Yes. Kareku. But we love the note you sent. Thank you so much. It means the world to us, um, and we love all the candy. And I like Kareku. Kareku. Okay. Well, the internet knows how to say your name. Hopefully, that's right. Um, and and we always enjoy candy. Thank you, especially us. And so, thank you for the very nice chocolates, specifically. Mm. And oh Kimmy ate all of the gummies, except two. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> all right. They're my favorite. They're very gummy great. airplanes. They're little gummy airplanes. There are two left. Do you want? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too much a fan from Eric in New Jersey. Greetings, Happy Jack's crew. I hope all of you are well and making dice rolls in RPGs that are favorable to you, high in some, low in others, and whatever the fuck you call it in Wild Talents. (laughs) (laughs) My question is simple. Can you be too much of a fan of the players and their characters? My players and I just had a session of D&D Dungeons & Dragons 3.5 yesterday. I wonder when they started. <laughs> uh, my friend Megan, who isn't a particular a particular fan of D anD D, told me that her dwarven barbarian Nogar uh, was her favorite character of all time. Nogar has a habit of screaming, "It's Axe Day!" Is that like it's Hair Day or it's Leg Day? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's or Leg Day. It's uh, like Rex Manning Day. Okay. Um, while attacking hordes of undead. Nogar also uses Intimidate to force the populations of small villages to participate in Nogar's parties, which include <laughs> dwarven drinking games uh, my friend Megan has made up. The character is quite entertaining. I'm a fan of your friend Megan. Yes. Yeah. This is amazing. This is going well. Axes and drinking games. Mm-hmm. My kind of character. And they go together great. Drinking mm-hmm. and, and sharp weapons. Definitely. They do. Uh, well, there was a difficult fight and uh, the party cleric was in the negatives and Nogar basically held the line while members of the party got the cleric up and running. One insanely high damage roll later and Nogar was dead. Oh. This was an hour after Megan told me about it being her favorite character. Uh, They are now in the process of trying to get Nogar raised, which will in all likelihood happen. But it's a day later and I'm heartbroken one of the characters has died. Being the DM... I feel a little ridiculous that this is the case. Problem is two. The, uh, the problem is two is this group of players like playing D and D and Pathfinder. The risk of death is very real in those games. Uh, I find myself rooting for the PCs at every turn, 
<clears throat> while the monsters I am trying to kill as as the monsters I'm trying to to kill them all with. Uh, I'm not a fan a fan of all the PCs because they have their little quirks. The mage um, I am a fan of all the PCs because they all have quirks. Uh, the mage uh, wants to secretly be a necromancer, but doesn't think the party will understand. Uh, the fighter, who is an accountant on the side, uh, they are people to root for in their own strange way. I guess what I need to ask, would it be okay to be that much of a fan as long as I am calling things fairly? In my sadness, something strange or just... Is my sadness something strange... Oh God, I can't read today. Is my sadness something strange or just a side effect of being a fan? Have any of you ever been in a, in this situation? I will will admit I don't deal well with any uh, any sort of death, but just the idea of Mister Iron Maiden fan being sad over a fictional dwarf feels a little silly. As always, stay fun, stay diverse, take care of yourselves, Eric in New Jersey. Always, Eric from. Mm. Can you be too much? Wow. I think I think you can. I think so too. That you can be too too much of a fan. I think so. Well, I think it's it, it really runs a risk when you start uh, like you're so much a fan of the characters that maybe you start fudging the dice, the die rolls, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right, and the fact that you like if you're not trying to kill the kid, you know, if you're not if you don't have this antagonistic relationship and you're like playing to see what happens and oh the bad guy rolled a whole bunch of damage and like that's the way the game is played. Um, I think you're you're actually balancing it correctly I, in yeah. this case. Um, like I, these are stories that we tell ourselves. You're bummed when somebody on your favorite TV show dies or gets, oh, sure. you know, mm-hmm. sent off somewhere distant. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these are the stories that we tell ourselves, and I think we're even more invested in them because it's not like a character on TV. It's it's a character that you play or your friend plays, and and you, you these like weird quirks that. Hopefully, you get players who make up such weird, awesome characters. Mm-hmm. Easy, weird things. Um, I, I wouldn't know anything about that, no. but yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you want to, to your point, unless you're doing something that is harmful to the game because you're, or you're fudging, or you're making things easy because you're a fan. I think being a fan of the characters is engaging you. And it's probably engaging the other people at the table, and that is fantastic. So anything that kind of hooks you in and makes you, even as the the GM, buy into like, oh my god, I'm afraid. Oh shit! I just did 130 points of damage on you. Um, I think I think that's I think that's cool because it's you're invested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the flip side is you get the like the DM favoritism, yeah, or yeah. Um, yes. or the like, oh no, that wasn't really 130 points of damage. Wait, how many hit points do you have? It was 128 points yeah. of damage. Yeah. Right. Um, you know that's, and, and I think too, like you have talked to your players and you know they like the risk of death. Yes. Like yeah. th- that's communicating with your table. This is like everything we talk about all yeah. the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like you're you're doing it all exactly right. I think. Yeah. Um, and um, I think the fact that you're sad like speaks to how great your players are mm-hmm. and how great your mm-hmm. relationship with them is. I would almost say don't cheapen that no. dramatic moment. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. I would feel so robbed because like like there were so many awful moments like in games that we still talk about like years later mm-hmm. where something mm-hmm. went terribly wrong, somebody died, somebody murdered an underwater civilization with a bad role. Right. 
not to be specific. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like there's, uh, those moments are the ones that kind of become those infamous things that you never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like fudging it or, or making it so it doesn't happen. Like I would feel annoyed if I was a player and I figured out that that was happening. Right. Especially like Jason was just saying, like you've, ag- they, they like the system. They like the risk. You know, it's like when I play Wild Talents, when I run Wild Talents, it's like, you could die in one hit. This is a deadly system. And that's part of the excitement of it. Right. Um, there's lots of systems that are softer that if you don't want your character to die, that you might like those better. So that's a choice that they mm-hmm. and you are making together. Yeah, well, like one of the... I'm doing prep right now for Call of Cthulhu. <clears throat> um. New system, uh, much improved over the previous game. Oh, wow. That's what I've heard. But um, it, it's, it's a very deadly game. It's yeah. extremely deadly, especially if you're fighting something that's supernatural. Supernatural stuff does a shit ton of damage, and you don't have a lot of hit points, and you're never going to get more. Yeah. <laughs> and Because and you're people. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're people, people way people. over your depth. Yeah. And, and I, th- or uh, out of your depth. Yeah. And, um, but one of the things that, uh, that I'm going to suggest that the players do when we do character generation is make your main character, but then also go ahead and roll up like the basic frame for a backup character, mm-hmm. just like the stats and figure out what skills they would have or something like that. Don't give them any, the name or where they're from or that kind of stuff. Figure that stuff out when it's time to activate that character, because what, what you don't, certainly don't want is for someone to make two characters start playing this one, and then when they finish this other one up, fall in love with them and go, oh, I really want to play this character. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if they're just sort of like half done... I'm going to walk in the street. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put on a blindfold and walk into an intersection. Yeah, randomly. <laughs> I think it might help me find Cthulhu. I, I don't know why you're looking at me like that way. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the philosophy that says drive your characters like a stolen car. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like get in there and just lean into the risk and the fun. And like like stay true to your character. Obviously, yeah. don't don't like suddenly you know pull clown shoes out and you know uh, do all that. But you know the the other side of this too is like yeah, GM be a fan of the players. But everyone at the table, GM and players, should be a fan of the fiction. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. right? Like the point of being there is to tell a story together. Right. And if you're a fan of the fiction, then you're you're open and sad about what happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I don't see anything wrong with a uh, Mr. Iron Maiden fan yeah. fe- having oh. ennui or no. like sadness over killing a char- character. Like if, if it sounds like it probably was pretty meaningful. It sounds like they rolled with it cuz they're already trying to trying to figure out how to do res- uh, right. resurrect and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, I would say it would be different if, for some reason, the table was traumatized or mm-hmm. that the Megan didn't roll with it very well and she was really hurt. Because yeah. some people who like to play a certain system are very good at playing that system, too. And we've talked about in the past how, you know, maybe you don't die. You could die. But, right. like, if you know how to kind of put your, your character together and you can kind of build a really effective character, you might not be used to that. But it does sound like... The table rolled with it, and we're fine with it. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's yeah. any shame or harm in no. thinking about it. That is yeah, I mean, healthy masculinity. Yeah, yeah. It, if it's if it's exactly. a if it's a if if it if it was a fairly adjudicated death, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And especially if they, I mean, it's kind of co- it's kind of cool that like a favorite character got killed. Yeah, or something. Like, yeah. yeah. Saving another character, right? Like, they're yeah. a hero's death for this person who's exactly. like it's axe yep. day, motherfuckers, right. yeah. and like drinks and then like dies saving another person. That is a worthy death. That's yeah. awesome. And it's in the fiction that there could be a resurrection. Yeah, yeah. Know, so yes. that, yeah. that's that's a whole other sort of nail biting mm-hmm. uh, moment too. That mm-hmm. yeah. I think three point five, you actually have to roll for the resurrection and mm-hmm. that it can go badly. Nope. I may be misremembering that, but oh, we'll definitely do that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do it, do it, do it as it rules is written. Yeah, I would check. Like honestly, I like I also. I, I drive my characters like stolen motorcycles, like super bad. <laughs> but um, but definitely like check with Megan first too, because I don't know if I had a character like that that had that awesome of a death. I'm not sure I'd want them resurrected. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that might be the other problem yeah. you run into. It's like check with them and make sure that they want to be resurrected. That they don't want this like heroic death to then impact the rest but of their character's the not there to say anything. That's the rest of the party that's going to decide whether or not they're going to resurrect them. You'd, right. Well, the well, dead as character. A GM, <laughs> as a yeah. GM, you right. should definitely have a little bit of that. Player. Well, if the player's like, oh, I'm done playing that character. I want to play another character. Right. right. That's that's the level of meta that's good. Yeah. That I think you, you got to right. Like, into. hey, I loved this character, but that is such a perfect ending for them. Yep. I don't want to change that. Right. So, and then there's there also been times where it's like, oh, my character died. Oh, thank goodness. I really liked that character, but I was really done with that character. Now I can be something right. else. So. And you can always make Logar. Nogar's I was cousin. Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. Axe Day. Oh my god, I love that. I know. Axe Day! Alright. All right. I think, yeah. Games. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. No, you Thank are you awesome, much, Eric. Eric from yeah. Nudge. Yeah. The Jazzy. That sounds like a fantastic table, too. Yeah. 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 Just the little one I want to know. The other characters. Uh, please write in and tell us what the drinking games were that yeah. Megan came yeah. up with. That is my we, next question. We actually need to write down the rules for Bushi Bushi Bushi. We do. Yes. I believe it should involve a sake bomb. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and chanting. That's all we figured out. It's right. alcohol and chanting. And boozy, boozy, boozy. Yes. <laughs> we should come up with that game. That'd be amazing. All right. 1D4 Con. This is just a plug for a game convention. Okay. I can read it. Okay. 1D4 Con is coming from James. It's not coming from James, but the email is from... Never mind. Stu <laughs> and your wonderful crew. Thank you for all you do to promote and further the RPG hobby. You are always quick to help promote not only your local conventions, but also a small convention like mine all the way on the East Coast. Plus, your APs are works of art. Thank you. As far as I'm concerned, I'd rather listen to all of your contact over critical roles. Just saying. Well, thank you. Anyway, I'm running in to talk about the convention I run every year, 1D4Con, 1D4Con.com. Happening May 3rd through 5th, and I would be honored if you'd read this email on your show. This year will be our seventh year and the seventh time that you have plugged our event. Excellent. And while nice. we have not grown significantly over the last seven years, we have doubled our original size. I would say that was significant. And made <laughs> that's yeah, very significant. Yeah. And made lasting bonds and friendships in our local community. Awesome. 2013, we had 150 attendees, and now in 2018, we have 300 attendees. Wow. That's double. Yeah, yeah. that's yep. good. Real that's good. fantastic. That's very good growth. That is, I, that is very significant. Yeah. Um, every other year, we tend to outgrow our, uh, we tend to outgrow our venue. So this is we need to talk about what you consider significant growth because if you're outgrowing your venue every other year, right? <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, it could have been in someone's garage the first year. That's Who's true. <laughs> 
so this year we've moved to the Clareton Inn and Conference Center of Clarion Inn. Clarion Inn, sorry, and Conference Center of Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. It is very nice uh, college town that offers a lot of places to explore, eat, and more importantly, drink at when no one is at the venue. Also happens to be an on-site tavern, and yes, we allow alcohol to be consumed at our tables. Oh, oh it's the perfect best con ever. Although I, not necessarily. <laughs> I can, I, mean, see, I can see that go badly. With a small group, you can adjudicate. You, yes. You yes. can say, hey, dude, you're, yeah. it's too many. Yeah. <laughs> Take a break and drink <laughs> water. Yeah. Take a breather. Um, uh, uh, I've gotten to know the organizers from various groups such as D&D Adventurers League, Pathfinder, and Starfinder Societies, local LARPs, members of demo teams such as uh, Steve, Steve Jackson, Jackson Games, Games Men in Black, mm-hmm. and the Mib. Catalyst. Oh, cool. Mib. Yeah. Uh, and the Catalyst Demo Team, a group that uh, is, rena- is renowned for co- running Call of Cthulhu games at Origins, have bl- also blessed us with at least two to three games per time slot. Nice. Awesome. And organizers from other conventions that have started up in the past couple years. The RPG community, while it can be toxic at times, it's also a great community at other times. A high tide rises all ships kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We absolutely strive to be a safe space for all gamers to gather and play whatever they want. Huzzah. From board games to minis to tabletop RPGs and even live action games. Even uh, Every year we collect money for charity. Like last year, uh, it will be for Extra Life. We were able to raise $2,600 last year awesome. thanks to various companies that sponsored items for our raffle and groups like the DDAL and PFS. I know the Pathfinder Society. I think that's what that is. Offered games. D&D Adventures League. Oh, yes. D&D Adventures League and Pathfinder <clears throat> Society who offered games uh, where, uh, where ticket costs went to charity as well. I'd like to match or go above that amount this year. We still have vendor tables available. Game submissions are still going on. And pre-registration just opened at the beginning of March. Thank you again. I really appreciate everything you've done for us over the years. Cheers to you and bottoms up. James. Thank you. And congrats on your con. That sounds, That's awesome. I know. Yay. That sounds oh. like a fantastic con. P.S. Oh. If wait. anyone wants more information, I made a post on the new, 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 new forum. Oh. Happyjacksforum.com. Uh, you look and it'll be there. Um, P.P.S. Your vampire game inspired me to run a mini AP from my podcast, mm. 1dforecast.org. And after the convention, I'm going to try and assemble a mini Mage 20 oh, AP. Sweet. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Nice. I love Mage. Thank you. I want to play mage. I don't know if I would ever attempt to run mage, be- only because the, the 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 magic system is so complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really requires that like extensive knowledge. That yeah. I don't know if I can do that. Bless you. No, don't mute. I can sample those later. <clears throat> Wait a yes and Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> New, 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 new forum is best for. But I'm, I'm, yes. gl- I'm glad. Th- th- awesome. I'm glad that there's there's people out there who are like, we don't have a game con. We need a game con. Let's just start one. Yeah, because that's what Tsunami Con started that yeah. way in, mm-hmm. in Nebraska. And I mean, every con. Every con. Yeah. That well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but rather, th- but rather than saying, oh, I wish there was a con. Well, if there's gonna, there needs to be one. We're gonna make one. Yeah. Yep. Be the dream. Right. Yep. Yeah. Even be the you con get. you want to see in the world. Especially now with Kickstarter, because I mean, there have been several yeah. cons that use Kickstarter now mm-hmm. because they don't have the capital to say, well, we're going to need to rent a place, we're going to need to put down money for insurance and for a deposit and all yep. that stuff. So you can you can get that. You, you, that's a very very financially safe way to start a game convention is to Kickstart it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, 
once people know it's there and you get enough tickets sold, boom. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about the financial risk of yep. putting everything down and then no one showing up. Mm. Like Gen Con West, mm. which was... Did you ever go to that? Mm-mm. No. There were two of them. When? Oh, we went to the second one. I bet it would do better now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they, they rented out the Anaheim Convention Center. Was it hmm. a long time Most ago? of it. Huh? Oh. Was it a long time ago? It was a long time ago. It was before we started Happy Jacks. Okay. I think I think. It might be tough because, you know, Strategicon pulls folks three times a year. And, That's true. And people might think, like, okay, yeah, I'll go to Gen Con if I want to, but, like, I've got three cons locally. Right. Con well, they And they were yeah. spending money, like, they were expecting tens of thousands of people. Mm. Yikes. Mm. And, I mean, they hired they hired the Boggards for a, week, for a weekend oh, yeah. to perform at it. And we split the band in two, and um, one of probably one of our highest paying gigs. And we literally sang to no one. Oh, I mean, oh th- they put they they had this huge because you know Anaheim Convention Center is vast, yes. right? Yes, it is. They had this huge open area, and in one corner they had the dealer room, which was just a corner, and there was a lot of dealers in there. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. I bet you it was probably four or five times larger than Strategicon's dealer room. Maybe bigger than that. There were a lot of lot wow. of booths there. Um, uh, Blizzard had a had a big booth there mm-hmm. huh. the, the year we were there. That's weird. But um, and but we got to this place and it's rows and rows of tables for like Yu Gi Oh and all the collectible card game th- those things. And there's like no one there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they literally probably in this one room alone they could probably have seated five or six thousand people, oh. and there were. Probably you know there was probably a few hundred people in the in the dealer room walking around yeah. maybe more than that but out on where all of the games are supposed to be happening mm. That's yeah. there was bad. maybe forty people so look you're starting with 150 people you got the right size space you get yeah. right hundred mm-hmm. people now you have the right size space like yes. you're doing it exactly right exactly that, uh, that's I think that's the real takeaway absolutely is, yeah. is it? Uh, it, it engage like enjoy your success grow appropriately yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and that is significant growth and you oh you know what and I, and th- I, this comes this comes from being in a band you always want to you, you always want to have a smaller venue that's packed yeah than a large venue that's empty mm-hmm. yeah because oh. one looks good and the other looks terrible so yeah. even if you're drawing yeah. a good number of people for what you're expecting to draw for if you're in a room that holds 10 times that many it's always going to look kind of empty psychologically. Oh yeah. Not just to you, but also to the people who you're you're renting you're uh-huh. renting the place from, and the people who are showing up. Yeah. So, to have a have a have a venue that's packed, it looks wow. This place is really hopping. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta say that's the trickier thing now uh, for me about Strategicon being at. It's not the new location. It's been there for a while, but yeah. being at this location is for some reason I get much less of a sense of how many people are there. Well, it's, it's and there's really lots. Like, Every year it gets bigger. It's spread out. It, yeah. it, it's spread out over several floors. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, if you go it, 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 during the right times of day into when, when the big Warhammer tournaments are happening, mm. yeah. that place is pretty full. And it's not just full of people playing, it's full of spectators. Is too. that yeah. in the, yeah. the under the, beneath? No, it's in the mm-hmm. big, 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 big room. In the, the big across, ballroom. Yeah, across oh, from the, from the, the other hall. side. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. Because they always have that one group that ma- makes those huge, enormous, um, yeah, yeah. The like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, for the Warhammer stuff. The map They're so and cool. All this stuff is awesome. Yeah. This con sounds amazing, though. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Congratulations well, on well your done, success. James. Yeah. yeah. And then the shortest email we've ever had. Mm. Well, maybe not. Probably some chatting, though. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> One, two, three, not it. Uh, okay, I, I got this one. Read yeah. every other word. Got it. <laughs> <coughs> okay, I've got to settle in for this. <laughs> I know one sentence. And what, I better get another beer. What is a hippie game from Joe? <laughs> Based off this past episode, March 15th, I would really like to know what Stu thinks defines a hippie game. In quotes. Especially after saying Wild Talents is kind of a hippie game. Enjoy a tasty beverage. End of email. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. Brevity is the soul of wit. Yes. Yeah. That's a very good question. Shortness is real funny, too. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You want these by the (laughs) way. All right. Stuart. (laughs) You broke it with Jason. Good job. Um, I've I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about this to try to come up with what I think defines a game as a hippie game or not a hippie game. Okay. And uh, because I think I'm I'm the person that coined this term. I do believe that I'm the person that first called certain games hippie games. It it sounds like I might arm wrestle you for that. Who? Who said it before me? I demand prior art. You would call them a hippie game. No, I wouldn't have called this a hippie game. I might have said hippie game before. The actual hippie game term. Yeah. Yeah. The... I think... I started trying to think of all of the sort of different dichotomies that go into making role-playing games. Mm -hmm. And I really think it comes down to what happens after the dice are rolled. As to whether or not it's a hippie game. And on one end, you have clearly defined rules and clearly defined ramifications based on those rules Mm -hmm. for that die roll. And on the other side, you have a highly interpreted result of that die roll. I think that is that is that would be the spectrum. One side would be Archie Bunker games. The other side would be Meathead games. Too much bullshit storytelling. Not necessarily bullshit storytelling, okay. but because I don't think it's necessarily a negative term. Interpretation. But okay. it, it is it is hero gurps. You roll the dice. There's very little interpretation on what that role is going to do. Yeah, have you played Wild Talents? Well, I, I, that's why I said kind of. Oh, that's why I said okay. kind of. We no, had, had, I haven't. I've read yeah. the book, but I have okay. not played. We also had a discussion when I was like, no, like if you get burned, it's very specific, and he was like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, that the was, dice yeah. absolutely yeah. define uh-huh. what's yeah. happening. Right. Yeah, it's and more I think, of a traditional. Yeah, very. And then maybe what you're suggesting is a game like a PBTA type thing where you get that seven to nine. It says a mixed result. And there's no definition. Of, exactly. You know, like maybe that particular move says, "Here's what happens on a seven and nine. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, yeah, it's going to be up to the, you know, whoever's emceeing the game and the player and the fiction. And yeah, yeah, I think that's. I think. And I don't think one is better than the other necessarily, mm-hmm. but but I mean, I mean, you used to. No, well, I, mm-hmm. I, I do, th- I do think, I do think that one of the reasons "Powered by the Apocalypse" became so popular is because um, there's not, huh? Nothing. That's an amazing game. I was, I, no. I was gonna say, I don't think you it, called it. A no, game I don't. I don't think it's an amazing game. I think what they, I think what people credit it for mostly is putting good GMing to advice, which has existed long before that fucking game existed, mm-hmm. and people thinking, "Oh my God, we have a prophet." 
Look at this Bible people made for role-playing games. People have been doing it that way for a long fucking time. Sorry, you're pissing me off now. (laughs) (laughs) See, I had the opposite reaction because Uh when I read Apocalypse World, I was like, oh shit, this is what I've been doing for 20 years. This is awesome. (laughs) But you're not... It codified what a lot of people... Does it need to be codified? I think so. Does uh, good behavior need to be codified? Well, <laughs> yes, because a lot of people don't exhibit good behavior. That's yeah. true. Why do we have a podcast? Yeah. Well, okay. Our uh, but we're not codifying it, though. No, no, no. But but because you can introduce people to aspects. There's a lot of hubris of, in codifying of, something, seeing what right behavior. Sure. Is. Like like the hubris necessary to coin the term hippie game. No, hippie, hippie game. Uh, hippie game doesn't have a, a, a value judgment to it. Oh, it doesn't. No, that's, that's absolutely not. not. I like it. In the least. No. What, when <laughs> I called it a filthy hippie game, yes. Yes. <laughs> but when I started calling it just a hippie game, yeah. no. It but improved. It went up. It's <laughs> it. But I mean, but I mean, but I think, I think it is, and maybe you can attest to this or, or, or not. I think that the reason that there are so many PBTA clones. Or uh, derivatives mm-hmm. is because it's an easier thing to do than to come up with a game and then come up with an entirely new game mechanic. Um, I, I would say yeah. maybe. Um, I, I think easier is probably the wrong word um, because the thing that a good PBTA game requires is some like original framing, and you know, it's not just a bunch of uh, tropey playbooks and 2D6, right? Yeah. Like, right. It, it needs to have the through line of the theming and the and the story that you want to and tell. The, and the moves are particularly challenging to write to to make sense with the like so that the fiction trips the moves. And yeah. I mean, they're not just like you reskin and it's a feat. Right. It's mm-hmm. a move is not a feat. Yeah. Like in D and D, you can attack, cast a spell, or move around. Right. That that's it. So, can you move up this thing? There's interpretation there. Oh, is it difficult terrain? Is it not? Oh, but you can run over snow? Okay. So, like... I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that. Well, what, what, well so first off, I wouldn't put D and D all the way on the on the hard sure. interpret on the on the no sure. interpretation okay. side. I would curves, put somewhere in the uh, middle. Yeah. Okay, but my my point is that when you sit down and write a PBTA game, um, you know, Jib can attest to this. I can attest to it. Like you're writing. Um, you know, 60, 70 moves. And, right. Um, Absolutely. And, and that is not an easy thing to do to make sure that... I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's easier than coming up with an entirely I, new game mechanic. I don't know. I, I don't know that that's true. Like, the... like. Even well, see, you've, have you ever written a, a regular role-playing game? Um, I mean, I've, I've worked on it. Okay. Uh, I've never done a PBTA, so neither of us can really say which is easier. But yeah. just looking at it from the outside, it seems like a lot of the a lot of the work, the math work, is done for you. It, well, the math, yeah, I it, guess. it is. Except for it, it, there are a lot of, like you said, there. Jason was saying there are interpretations that you are going to put in place with your skin, your your hack. Mm-hmm. And even in rewriting the moves, you can break the game sure. if you don't if you don't write the move appropriately. Well, that, like a, that's like that's, that's, in, that's in doing any kind of role playing for sure, right. for sure. But I mean, you can break P, you know PBTA. You can write something that's less elegant than the, the game it was based on. Mm-hmm. And there are I'm, plenty of PBTA right. games out there, you know, yes. that do that. Yeah. Hence that it that is challenging. Well, there's like, been a, like a veritable gold rush of, of PBTA yeah. hacks yeah. now. Well, yeah. and I think we've seen that. 
I mean, we've been doing this a long time now, so we've seen that with multiple games. Like, we've seen, and I think PBTA is just, like, the most recent example of, like, the new hotness. Like, we've seen that before. Like, Fate for a while was the new hotness. Before mm-hmm. that, Wild Towns was the new yeah. hotness. Like, yeah, th- th- this is different, though. I mean, this is this is more akin to the OGL era of 3.5. I think because... Because suddenly, everyone is coming out with stuff. Because the person who... Like, Apocalypse World, like, they encourage it. Right, which, so, is yeah. what the, which was what the OGL did. Right. So, I think, like... I think the reason we haven't seen quite the explosion of that before isn't necessarily because people didn't want to do it because there's a lot of fate hacks out there right. and stuff like that too but the fact that this game was literally like he was like hey I did this take it and do what you want yeah. like Shadowrun never said hey do you want to make a space exploration game and use our shit yeah. right. go for it right. like no they you would get sued yeah and D&D right. definitely doesn't do that although people still do that yeah, so well, it's just they have well, to be more quiet well, about D- it no D&D you actually you can, they're, 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 they're trying to sort of re-encourage that, that OGL boom you of 3.5 but that's 5. new you can't yes, copyright yeah. You can't copyright a mechanic though, right? I don't think so. Don't. That's what yeah. I've heard, but That's I'm not a lawyer. That's what I've heard too. It's like a weird <laughs> and I've never asked that question yeah. to you, a lawyer and <laughs> don't know anyone who has, so I, I don't like know. I just looked this up. Yeah, my <laughs> my understanding <laughs> For is a reason. you yeah. can you can uh you can like trademark or copyright specific terms. Yes. Like for example, right. Magic the Gathering, like use the term tapping. Right. So like you turn your card sideways to use the power of it. But you can't trademark turning a card sideways to use the power from yeah. that card. Right. Yeah. So there's right. like you just can't call it. Well, have you ever seen? What's the name of the game? Uh, Dangerous Journeys. Mm-hmm. That was the I think one of the last role playing games. I have a copy of it. It's one of the last role playing games that Gary Gygax did, okay. and it was after he was ousted from yeah. um, uh, TSR. Mm-hmm. And they they had their lawyers ready because they knew he was working on something because yeah. he was going around to game conventions and he was play testing it. And they had they had someone they hired a guy there, somewhere on the internet there a long time ago there was a guy who were like basically wrote this anonymous thing about how he was hired by TSR to go in and play in one of Gygax's demos for mm. Dangerous Journeys oh. and see if there was any violations of their trademarks wow. because they had I, apparently they were going to hit him he couldn't call them player characters he called yeah. them dramatic personas yeah. he had he had to come up with a different name for everything. Yeah. Wow. Which actually wow. makes the game really hard to read and learn because yeah. we now have a, a common a vocabulary, vocabulary. Yeah. for all that stuff. Well, so that, that though, um, you know, we were talking about... Okay, so you can't copyright a dice system. No, I don't think but, so. like, if I want to rework, like... Shadowrun has all this cool shit that I like yeah. of like skills plus your attribute and it has like a cyberware system mm-hmm. and I could just leave the magic out like it's actually a little bit plug and play and the benefit to doing that would be me telling all of the Shadowrun fans like hey this uses the dice from Shadowrun like yeah. it's the exact same system mm-hmm. you already know how to play the game you just have to learn the fiction and um, that's the thing you can do with PBTA, right? Yeah, and you have you have actually explicit permission to right. do that, yeah. right? Right. Like, hey, I, there are going to be playbooks. There are going to be this dice system. It's a it's mm-hmm. a format that you're familiar with. And if I made a clone of Shadowrun in whatever format, I can't say this is a thing you're familiar with from Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. And right. so I, I think yeah. that's one of the big differences. Right. That's a good point. And I think also one of the things that makes it. 
uh, is because uh, PPTA is so accessible. Like, you can sit down if you've never played an RPG before. Yes. And boom, like, within 10 minutes, most people can figure out, oh, and at least hang in there and, and run yeah. the game kind of on their own. You, you can right. make a table full of characters in yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. Right. And, and, and play your character, like, like even D&D, even nowadays, after doing a bunch of campaigns of D&D, like, it's been long enough now, it's been a year or two since I played it, I'd have to sit down and be like, okay, wait. Let's, let me remember how to do right. this. Yeah. So I think that's like what lends to the popularity of it too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is a hippie game, especially if you're using your definition of like the interpretation after you right. roll, roll the dice. Um, and I would say emphatically that Wild Towns is not a hippie game at all. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, it, it requires a spreadsheet yeah. to do efficient. <laughs> it specifically states where on the body you hit and how much damage you've done right. on that but part you of the body. You don't get to determine that, though, right? It's no, determined the by the dice. dice. On the dice. Right. I mean, yeah. you could call a shot and yeah. you could try to make something happen. If you have a certain kind of dice, you can manipulate okay. it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, the wiggle dice or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that uh, stuff. So you, I mean, so you can try and do a called shot, but you have to <laughs> say what part of the body ahead of time, and you could wholly miss. So it's very not up for interpretation in Wild Towns. Yeah. Okay. So All there right. are times like if you're rolling like, and it's the same in D- like D and D though, or or even like I've seen it in GURPS, you roll perception, and then it's kind of up to the the GM to explain what you see. But Usually, if you, you like miss the roll, is when the GM has to determine because he probably shouldn't have called for a perception roll in the beginning. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he wanted you to see something. Right. 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 <laughs> but. Um, it's also a good stalling technique. I've done that before. They're like, I'm looking for this. And they ro- and I'm like, okay, roll. Oh, okay, I had 20 seconds. Now I know what's happening. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, you made it. Okay, good thing I thought of something just yeah, now. Yeah, exactly, just now. <laughs> um, but as far as like... So so I guess that's my next question with your definition. Mm-hmm. Does it apply only to like damage rolls? Or does it no. also... So it applies to any roll? I would say just the in general the resolution mechanic. The resolution. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, if you, th- if you think the, on the f- other far extreme end of it would be GURPS and Hero. Mm-hmm. Those are the two games that I know of for a fact mm-hmm. that basically strive. They don't. They don't succeed, but they strive to have a rule for freaking everything. They're, they almost. And, which is why the freaking Hero. Yeah. There's Giant, book one is yeah. that big and yeah. book two is that big. Yeah. And I appreciated that years ago. By the way, when you're like, we're switching from 4E to Hero. <laughs> yeah, but, but and, and I think, but I mean, if you look at those, look at those games. Even even as flexible as that as the character creation system is in Hero, and it's pretty flexible considering you it's can a do anything. You could, you, I mean, that's why that those books are so big is because there's so many options for different sorts of powers, right. and they're not. They're not very like super sharply clearly defined. There's a little bit of narrative wiggle room in there, even mm-hmm. on that far end spectrum. But so <clears throat> can you even play a ninja in that? You can play a ninja. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can play all sorts of different kinds of ninjas. Even in the old west, you could play it. Wow. wow. No. What? What a system, right? <laughs> Maybe I've never asked you this before because I know that you find uh, Apocalypse World unreadable. I do oh. find Apocalypse World but unreadable. I've heard that the second edition is better. It is. I think so. Um, why do you think it took off? Do you think it was just zeitgeist, like where time and place of um, introduce? Well, you know, I couldn't get through the book, so I, I, I don't have a whole lot of authority in talking about but why. You played PBTA games. I played PBTA yeah. games. I think one of the, I think the accessibility of the fact that the dice mechanic is so simple and completely unchanging that also to me is kind of a True. that's kind of a setback of it 
because in some ways there's no accounting for trying to do something that's more difficult or less difficult. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. Yes. I mean, if I'm trying to punch someone or I'm trying to punch through a steel door, well, I have the same dice mechanic. And correct me if I'm wrong, there's no well, right. system within it to say, this is more difficult, so those di- those target numbers are going to change. It's it's more, it's usually more a case of, like, can your character do that? Yeah, like, right. what right. is the fiction? Yeah, now, even asking that question, though, it might not be clear on your character sheet. You know, if you want to talk about, like, kicking a, a screen door open versus a steel reinforced door that's a pretty obvious like right <clears throat> well you don't have super strength okay you're not yeah. you're just not going to be able to do it right um yeah you play masks or are you playing dungeon world yeah exactly and so <clears throat> th- there can be some you know like am i strong enough to pick up this thing like well uh, i don't know you tell me right is your character strong um be- but at that point I would say most of those things that have to be adjudicated aren't important. Like they aren't important enough to need a rule. Well, let me put it. Let me put it this way: um, we're 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 playing a game, and I'm going to shoot someone, mm-hmm. and I'm saying I'm going to shoot him in the head and kill him. If I do that in GURPS or I do that in Hero, I have very specific rules. I have dice modifiers. I have damage multipliers because I'm trying to shoot someone in the head. And if I succeed at my dice roll, I will kill them. But my dice roll is not going to be this flat rolled right. always roll over this if mm-hmm. i want to if i say if, if we're playing a pbta game and i want to shoot someone in the head and kill them yeah so you're going to roll your two dice you're going to add your agility score or whatever yeah. it is right and if you get a 10 or better you did it yeah if you right. get a seven and nine maybe you missed or maybe you you did it and your gun backfired it's right you know but to your point it's the shooting in the head is color in fiction on the the PBTA side, whereas like oh. if I'm in groups and I want to shoot somebody in the head, I have a negative five. Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it triples damage yeah. depending on what kind right. of damage type it is. Well. But but um, but my my point is, if I choose to do that in groups, I'm taking a risk mm-hmm. because if I don't do it, I'm gonna miss. I mean, there's a slight chance I'm gonna hit them in the body or something, but it's more likely I'm just gonna miss them entirely. And lose that round, and then suddenly I have to withstand a round of attacks on myself before I can I can act again. Mm-hmm. So, and there, that, that that well here. So the risk here, mm-hmm. the the bad guys don't get a turn. If you miss, yeah. you have instigated a turn. If three of you miss, the bad guys mm-hmm. get three things. Right, like. It, it could be total devastation. This risk of rolling the dice is inherent. Okay. And so in, in yes. Apocalypse World, if you go to shoot someone and, mit- and like get, get a poor roll, um, you're, one, you. missing them, yeah. and something bad is going to happen. Right. Right. So it's... Uh, but know, but, I, but but the, the likelihood of, of having the success is exactly the same, is, is my point. <clears throat> Whereas I can it, yeah. it, in 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 more in crunch I don't want to say crunchier in more Archie Bunker systems. I, I don't think crunch is the wrong word. I, I agree yeah. that like D and D is crunchier than Apocalypse World. Yeah, I don't know anyone who would disagree with that. No. So. But in in in, the, in those kinds of games, I as a player I can say okay, I can just generically shoot this person, roll on the random location table or whatever, or just hit torso and then do this, or I'm going to risk. Increase my chances of missing to be able to wield more damage and maybe end this fight in one shot. You see what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. And you're not wrong. It's just what kind of story do right. the 
three, four, five people sitting around the table right. want to tell. It, You're it, not wrong about that. Yeah. You know, or look at Vampire, where it's like. Well, in GURPS, too, where there's a, re- you know. Oh, yeah, there's all, yeah. Yeah. And, and die modifiers, you can go yeah. on for days Resisted for die modifiers. Tools, yeah. or do you want to, are you going to parry, or, yeah. And, and to be clear, I'm not saying PBTA's system of doing that is better than the mm-hmm. way GURPS does it or Shadowrun. I grew up on Shadowrun. I will love it forever. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know that it's terrible, and I love it. I will is there? Love let it. me ask you just before you go on: Is there a good version of Shadowrun that, that's easy to easy to easy to learn? Yes, fifth edition fifth? is playable. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's the high praise. Um, I have one of the anniversary editions, and that's a hot mess. Oh yeah, yeah, that twenty. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that was. No. But but I, I just wanted to say like. The those those types of games, you know, there's there's a scale that people talk about the, the you know the simulationist game and the narrative you know, narrative, um, and it depends on what kind of game you want to play. Sure. If you want to focus more on the narrative side, then you are going to play you know lighter rule set, less crunchy. And if you have a, a table that loves D and D three point five, which mystifies me, <laughs> I, uh, that's. Just I'm I'm so impressed. That's I've played amazing. Pathfinder and I was not impressed sure. with Pathfinder, right? um, which is basically. The same. But that's I, I mean the 3.5 fans are going to pitchfork you um, if you that's compare it to Pathfinder. But they, they have die modifiers. They can't catch me. So they might they might miss because they have to <laughs> right right have to figure out which yeah, feats yeah. they're going to use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like Kimmy always says, yuck their yums. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's just that that question of like, do you want to be on the simulationist side where you want to yeah. try and simulate every possible thing of what's going to happen when you roll a box of marbles down these stairs? Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you do know. you want the airplane gummies or do you want, let's see, yeah. uh, the know. chocolate bar with macadamia nuts? I think your analogy fell box. apart. Did it? You might be a little uh, distracted. I think. <laughs> There's a lot of sugar. I've been doing little hyper sugar dances. All oh, day. I would like the airplane gummies. Oh wait. Oh wait. Oh, there Sorry. are there. <gasps> no PBT for you. Two. It was too popular. Yeah, it's too uh, popular. You can't have any now. <laughs> Pineapple lumps and Tim Tams. That was the PBTA of of of, of candy, and they're I'm sold also, out. Also, I'm totally going to rat you out. By the way, that Stu has totally talked about writing his own PBTA hack. So I have, I have, I actually have an, a concept for one. Yes, but so I actually have to get through reading an entire book to actually see how they're structured. Yeah, because I, I two. Yeah, he's got I the simple world. I do. I think, yeah. I, I think simple world is more of like a construction. Masks kit. is probably the simplest read. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Okay. it's All like right. the most accessible, easiest read. Yeah, it, I love that one. It's got good art. It's got. Yeah. Um, it's you know, uh, Brendan. Um, I'm blanking on his last name, but like the the couple of people who worked on it, mm-hmm. great writers. The art's fantastic. Like. It's that was actually my first PBTA game was Masks. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. If it like I had looked at Apocalypse World before that and went like this doesn't look like my kind of game but without having read it mm-hmm. right and then Masks came along. Oh, see, I read like the first two or three chapters and went, yeah, this is my one. <laughs> and mostly because of the don't make me work to learn the rules, mm-hmm. and it does. The guy never fucking lets off on wanting to have the sort of cool tone. Of their his post-apocalyptic I love, world. I love I that, like <laughs> you, the GURPS guy, is like, don't make me work to learn the rules. <laughs> well, you know what though, the GURPS book is written like a technical manual. Okay, that makes it's sense. a reference. Okay. Yeah. I can open up that book, and I can, and that's actually my biggest criticism of, of the new Call of Cthulhu. Okay. I, I can open up that book because I need to know how to do this. Oh, absolutely. Here's the index. Boom. Here I am. Uh, I don't want to have to go through someone's stylized fucking prose uh, to figure out how does damage work. Hello. Okay. That's. 
That my, explains a lot about your life. Complain about the vampire books. Oh yeah. Like I just oh. I, I love it. Hey, the organization like, those books is awful. It's terrible. Every version. I heard no way to look things up. No. Didn't they finally put an index in? Finally, yeah. I think. Oh, in the go. 20th anniversaries? Yeah. I believe there's indexes. Yeah, Shadowrun, I think second and third edition, like they went a couple <laughs> editions with no index. I was just tearing my hair. I was like, what are you doing And to then me? some nice person, well, of course there was no internet really right. then. Right. But like, uh, Savage Worlds didn't have an index. Yeah. And that oh, somebody yeah. put one online. People do like point. an index PDF. Like, yeah. Right. You're like, yep. oh, thank God. Well, yep. I, 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 think I, know, I think I know why that happens. Because I, 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 when I started writing Moment of Truth, I started it in a LibreOffice or OpenOffice mm-hmm. or one, one mm-hmm. of those. And there's a, in an index generator in it. Uh-huh. Oh. So you can write the whole thing and it will generate an index for you. Mm-hmm. And it takes out all of the common words and puts in all of the words it thinks are going to be important. And it, gives, and it gave me like a three or four page index. And oh. I looked at it and I'm like, this is a really good index. It did a really good job. Then, I, then, it, then it's time to lay the thing out. So I went and bought... Uh, Hell's it called? Uh, InDesign. InDesign. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have an. He's very good at InDesign. Did Better have, with the. Didn't have an index. InDesign than the switch. So suddenly the index I made the, the index I made in in the mm-hmm. basically the word document is now no longer relevant oh. because once you start laying it out right. in the Ooh. thing, yeah, so then 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 you're back to doing it manually. Yeah. So. I can understand why someone can would be reluctant. Well, that, that, that's why. But like, the page numbers are all going to change as you lay it out. Yeah. Start adding art. Well, ultimately, oh. that's that's when it's it's worth it to look into like a copy editor. I yeah. mean, not a, a layout editor. Yeah. Right. Um, because mm-hmm. that's the sort of thing that they do. That is their job. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not fun at that point to yeah. do that. <laughs> That's why we get into publishing games, guys, for all the fun. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it's is why we do it. But then mm-hmm. it ends up in a lot that and the vast amounts yeah. of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? The dozens of dollars. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you very much for the email there, Joe. Yeah. yeah. I hope we answered your question on what I think a hippie game is. <laughs> we did. I we think definitely you did. did. Good we talked about a lot of other things, but I think yeah. we answered it. Too. Oh, let me just say very quickly my one criticism with Call of Cthulhu when it comes to rules, because learn. When you're writing a, a book and, and, it, and the rules are important, mm-hmm. you should make it as easy as possible to understand the rules as you're reading them. Yeah. And it does a good job in teaching you the rules for combat, specifically for combat. But the rules, but, but the combat section is almost useless as a reference. Because they teach really? you combat in sections. It's like we're going to start with a fist fight. Oh. Here's a fist fight between uh-huh. two characters. They've actually added some interesting things. Okay, but to having it. different rules for all that just sounds maddening. To well, me. it's not yeah. different, but they add yeah. as things happen. Now we're going to add melee weapons. Here's how things change slightly with melee weapons. Here's what happens when we start adding in uh, ranged weapons. So okay. it spreads out over 25, 30 pages all of the rules for for combat. In a way that's easy to teach you, but is not a good reference because it's you're going to be a lot of page flipping trying to figure out what you want. And I know this because I started making a cheat sheet because it's one of the things I do when I'm going to run a game I haven't run in a long time. Mm. I do a, I do a cheat sheet for whatever the different mechanics are. Mm. So I did one for combat, and I started. I'm going through. I'm like reading through it. And I'm like making little notes. And I'm putting like little bullet points, and then I get the whole thing done, and it's two or three screens high. And I realize wow. this is not useful as a reference. It all needs to be moved around. Mm-hmm. Because these things, these options only need to be up here. Because how many fights are you going to have where no one's got a gun or no one's got... People are only punching each other. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So I had to reorganize the whole thing. And I'm like, 
See, now that is a, that's that's a reference. So, and I and I think that a rule book should be should be able to teach you the rules and also act as a good reference because you have to be able to go back to it and find what you need quickly. And I'll definitely concede a point because I've made a. I, I mean, I'm just going to pat myself on the back that I've made a concerted effort in demigods because I've read. I don't know, eight, ten PBTA books, mm-hmm. including Apocalypse World at mm-hmm. this point, and, you know, to get a sense of, like, <clears throat> how do these work? What do people do in them? How, you know, what does the design look like? And um, the number of them, uh, almost all of them, the role for this move is buried in a little mini paragraph mm-hmm. of, of text, or, like, how this thing works, or how this thing, and it's all buried. And I have uh, it very... Uh, Intentionally gone through and put wherever there's a role like bold and italics and, and right. like uh-huh. and that you know so that even if it is in the middle of a, a text you know like oh that's a strength role okay cool mm-hmm. I'm not going to take that because I'm not a strength based character yeah um, you know things like that uh-huh. which which I think any of these PBTA games could have done and didn't think about the fact that like dyslexics like me are having to wade through paragraphs of text mm-hmm. and and like I'm going to play this in spite of it because I'm really having fun right. but like it, it was just a, like a simple thing that any one of them could have done to make it a little bit easier to reference mm-hmm. and, and glance through or even have like a summarized reference chart after you have all of the moves that just mm-hmm yeah. Says what, what? Yeah, something like that. Because like you don't want to have like, you don't have charts because hippie games aren't allowed to have charts. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Matt, Matt that's not a, a rule. There are charts. Uh, I think. Um, I think. Um, uh, Urban Shadows, the, the one you just said a second ago, M- Mysteries. Oh, uh, Monster, yeah, Monster, Monster of the, the Week. Yeah, I think they have a chart of like everyone's moves and how they can relate to each oh, okay. other. Yeah, uh, I know Apocalypse World, at least second yeah. edition, does for sure. Yep. But um, a lot of them are just like it's so hard to drill down into how each thing works. Yeah, and 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 it's just a simple tweak that any right. of them need to, well, to that, be a little more accessible. Have you ever heard my traveler story? Mm-mm. When, I, when we originally bought the original box traveler, it came in a little black box about that big with the three books. Me and my friend across the street, we got it. We're pouring through this book, reading through it, and then we get to the combat section, and we're trying to figure out how the hell do you do combat. And it keeps talking about you, if you hit, you need to uh, you roll, and if you succeed, but it, we can't find where it defines what a success is. Yeah. And we pour through this, and finally, one of one of my friends says, "I found it. It's on the third paragraph down in the introductory section of the oh combat, buried in it. It says you need to roll an eight or higher." <laughs> yeah. And it took us like. Like two weeks, we're like, what, what are we missing? Yeah, because it's uh, it's all it's in the introductory text, and it's in the introductory text. Right. But but in the se- second printing of the book, they learned, and when that when you open up to that chapter, there's a big like 120 point eight uh. plus <laughs> <laughs> that says nice. target number to hit or or target yeah. number yeah. for success or whatever. Nice. Now, I because I haven't been gaming for. 30, 35 years, it, it, the whole thing about, like, I love the little side text panels where they do the... the Sidebars? Oh, yeah, yeah, like where you're playing. Like, this is... Yeah. Gina Roll wants to da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. and rolls da-da-da-da. Now, has that been around, or is that, like, yeah. the last oh, 10 yeah. years? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I seem to recall the there, there being a okay. whole section in the, in the original DMG of that. Yeah, um, Shadowrun and Palladium did it. Cool. Um, yeah, all, all that stuff because it's it's a really great way. Like some people are going to learn from just yes. reading the text, and some people are going to then look at that yeah. example and go like, "Oh, do. that's yep. what all that nonsense said." Right. Also, it's in italics, and learn I like reading do. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's actually some tedious writing. 
is yes. when you have to do that. Because I did some of that in, in the moment of truth thing, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I did. Oh, and I'm trying to. Mask, I, had, so. I actually had to like make character sheets for the fake characters, yeah. so I didn't change numbers. Oh yeah, oh, because I had some yeah. people who were proofreading it, like, um, well, he had his strength was here, there, and then over here, the same character strength was. This. I'm like, shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I could see that. All right, let's call it. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We did. Yeah. We did the thing. Good job. Thank you for a good email. Thanks for the candy. Yeah, and the candy. Yeah. Thank you for yes. joining us for tw- season twenty-four, episode five. Five. Happy Tricks Up Podcast. My name is Sue. My name is Kenny. Jason. Gina. And we'll see you next week. Don't forget, Renaissance Pleasure Fair starts tomorrow at. I was going to say six, but I'm going to be there at six. But it doesn't start till ten. Yeah. So I'll be digging trenches. Yes. And next week we have our special episode. Yeah. Um, oh, featuring right. uh, people of color. So Bria is going to be running the seats. Um, Jay is going to be here. Pooja is going to be here, and Jim's going to be here. Right. And we have special emails that have been sent in for them to mm-hmm. talk about, like being in the game community as people of color. Uh, thank you if you've sent stuff in. It, do we have enough emails already? Yeah. Okay. Don't send any emails. Too late. <laughs> um, but maybe if it's super popular, we could do another one. So. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, don't miss that. It'll be great. Yeah. Same time next Friday, 7 p.m. Yep. Thank you very much. Oh, and by the way, since I won't be here to plug it uh, next week, uh, April 13th, 8 p.m. at a Lost Brewing Company in Covina, Bogfest 25. Join Woo. us for our 25th anniversary year as a band. Yes. Thank you very much. We'll leave the song. Try to all of our man of his beer.
Media Empire.